This podcast may be explicit in nature and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 15. Now that that's out of the way, if you're ready to learn some cool shit and have a laugh or two along the way, let's get it. What's happening, fellow Marauders? It's your boy, Kells, a.k.a. Master Sergeant Retired Curtis Kelly, reporting in for duty tonight on the uh, Veterans Day episode of the Culture Marauders podcast, the show where we maraud on all culture and deliver the goods to you, the masses, and I appreciate y'all coming back once again. I know I I left y'all hanging last Thursday, but was not on purpose. My toilet literally took a shit on me, and I had to make two trips to Lowe's to get a new new valve to, to replace it. Not one toilet, but two. So your boy was uh, was really uh, handy and, uh, you know, doing his thing, at least trying to. So, uh, yeah, I got the leak fixed for the most part. But lo and behold, you know, I'm back, you know, back again, you know, Monday. I told you I was going to make it up to you. So I appreciate y'all, you know, tuning in and, and rocking with us as always and, uh, on this Monday night. So uh, Veterans Day episode. So we're calling this one, you know, uh, because of the brave. And like I said before, you know, we're talking about, our, you know, Veterans Day. I know it just passed this past Thursday, uh, you know, uh, a lot of salute to the troops, a lot of heartfelt thank yous out there. And, uh, you know, of course, thank you to, you know, my brothers and sisters out there still serving those that have served and those that will serve. So, you know, thank you in advance to those. So, um, like I said, we're calling this one because of the brave. Um, I got my uh, guest on tonight. You know, I got, uh, you know, Kenneth Bridges, a.k.a. Ken Fluence, representing out of Cali. And then I got my main man, Ethan Lee. I served with this this young man many, many years ago, back when we were at No Hope Hope together, uh, a couple of adventures that we had up in Boise, you know, young and wild. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that <laughs> mum's the word, right? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, back in the day. And then, uh, you know, we were going to be joined by another guest. We'll see if Luke can get on here later. But, you know, until he does, we're going to rock with it anyway. But before we get into it and, uh, you know, um, you know, I let my guests, you know, introduce themselves and all that good stuff. I got the Marauder Minute for you, as always. So, you know, we're going to delve into this uh, Veterans Day thing. So, you know, I don't know if y'all know or if you didn't know, but I just found out this past week I went to, uh, for Veterans Day, my kids' elementary school, they do this really cool Veterans Day event where they bring out all the vets and, uh, you know, we get coined and you have speakers and all the little kids are out there with flags and, you know, they got a uh, cordon and you walk through the middle of it like, like, you know, like really legit setup. It's really, really cool. The principal of Mrs. Obershaw does a great job at Mary, Mary Bryan Elementary in the PTA. So shout out to y'all for what you do. Thank you uh, for letting us uh, 
have another day in the sun and, you know, don't forget about our service and all that stuff and the things that we've done. But thank you so much, Mary Bryant Elementary and Principal Overshaw. But um, so, yeah, so I learned that there are 19 million uh, U.S. veterans alive as of today. And, uh, you know, I, when they did the math and put it out there, they said that is the roughly the population of the state of Florida. So I thought that was pretty wild. So there's a lot of us out there still, man. And, uh, you know, great shape, not so great shape, but we're still hanging in there. We're still thriving. And that goes all the way back to, you know, Vietnam era, Korean War era. I don't know if we may still have a few World War II era uh, vets out there. But, um, you know, what I also read and learned was that we're experiencing a generational shift. Um, up until 2016, um, the Vietnam era vets were the, the larger number of the veteran population out there. But as of 2016, now we're seeing a, a larger concentration or larger population of Gulf War vets. So now they are making up the larger number. I believe it's 7.9 million versus the 5.8 that it is now with the uh, with the Vietnam era vets. So, yeah. So uh, we're next. <laughs> you know, we're next. So at least I can say for me. Our, our generation is, is up next. So uh, with that being said, the number of the U.S. population with military experience is declining. I also read that, and along with the fewer members of Congress with military service. So we're no longer seeing, you know, people who serve like your John McCain's and John Kerry's and, um, you know, uh, folks of that nature, those, those legendary names in Congress. We're not seeing that so much anymore. Now we're seeing a lot of, you know, just upstarts, regular, regular civilians just, you know, taking up the mantle to lead our country. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll leave that for you to decide, but I'm just reading off the facts. So, um, um, you know, but while the numbers are declining overall, we are seeing more diversity in our veteran uh, numbers, you know, with more women, uh, more African-Americans, more Hispanics, more, uh, you know, Asians. So, you know, while that's happening, um, you know, that, that that's a good thing. Change is always good. And uh, with that, we're also seeing that Americans still value military programs, um, you know, uh, as a priority, you know, such as uh, veteran benefits and programs. So there's a lot of good things still out there. We as a nation continue to grow and continue to shape. Um, you know, we're not in our final form for my Dragon Ball Z fans out there. We're not in our final form yet. You know, we're still trying to get it together. But, uh, you know, again, hats off and salute to my further, fellow brothers and sisters in arms out there. Thank you for what you do and what you continue to do. Um, so, you know, for those out there needing uh, military or I'm sorry, veteran assistance, couple organizations to check out is uh, www.va.gov, uh, the Wounded Warrior Project, Fisher House, and USO. So make sure you check those out for the latest and greatest on that. So like I said, lo and behold, we are uh, marauding on Veterans Day. I got, like I said, my guest with me today, Kenneth Bridges, a.k.a. Ken Fluence, and Ethan Lee. So what's up, fellas? How's it going? What's happening, right. What's going on? <laughs> oh, don't get shy now, man. We was just chopping it up before. What's happening? We're... we're to let us know where y'all coming from. Where y'all at out there? Well, right now, uh, well, born and raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So my whole family uh, okay. is mainly uh, Army or Marines base. And uh, I'm the Air Force cat, right? So my uncle's like, go in the Air Force. You're smart. And you get lost in the front yard. And I was like, okay, uh, fair enough. Cool. And uh, yeah, man, first assignment was out in uh, Ohio for a few years over the right path. Right pad, right things, you know. It's hey, it's a lovely place for for acquisitions. It's uh, a place to transit other places. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you have a skin condition, right, and too much UV is too much for you. You want to be there because it's mad cloudy. You're protected. So, in in that instance, it may work out. But for you know me and other 
you know, sun-loving, melanated folks, it's not, it's not conducive. So I came out to sunny Los Angeles, and uh, it's a different lifestyle. So, um, oh, man, I'm, I'm surprised you ain't at the Rams game tonight, man. You know, Odell showing. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They're in San Fran tonight. They're in San Fran. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. Lakers yeah. game. Excuse me. The Lakers. Oh, game. I didn't look, bro. I didn't look. So we don't have another home game for Rams for, I think, like first second week of December. So yeah, yeah. I'll be out there at the Lakers game. All right, got you, got you. Welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you on. Thanks All right, uh, Sergeant Sergeant Ethan Lee, what's happening, man? Not I remember you A1C Ethan Lee. I look at Ooh. you. Yeah, well, no, you remember when I was airman because <laughs> I didn't come in with two stripes. Oh, excuse um, me. <laughs> I don't know, your memory getting foggy in your old age. Hey, I'm old, man. I'm getting um, So, yeah, uh, first four years spent uh, at Hope Air Force Base in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So all three of us in the room can uh, reminisce on the good old days, of, you know, going down the Merc and uh, <laughs> and the the list of off-limits establishments. It was like four pages long, you know. Yo, why was there more off-limit establishments than places you could go? That was what was wild to me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's welcome to Fayetteville. <laughs> so uh, left there in 2013. Um, for recruiting, did four years of recruiting down in uh, Eastern North Carolina and then PCS to Virginia and been here ever since. So, uh, you know, uh, I like the Southeast. Um, if it's North of the Mason Dixon line, it's too damn cold. So you can have Ohio that that's <laughs> no, for the birds. Ohio. I, I like Ohio because they beat Nebraska the other weekend. So, I mean, I, I there's no love lost up that way. I like somewhere that it's south enough that if it snows, they shut everything down and you get, you know, two or three days off of work. So there you uh, go. There you yeah. go. So right. I'm I'm from the southeast. I I love uh, you know, being down in the southeast. So well you're from Raleigh, Raleigh, right? Raleigh area, yeah. yeah. So North Carolina as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. What were you saying, Ken? Oh, I was gonna say you said you did uh recruiting in eastern North Carolina. So yeah. you were out in Seymour? Probably. No, no. My my squadron was headquartered at Shaw. Shaw. But we yeah. covered most of North and South Carolina. It was the uh, 337th Recruiting Squadron, and uh, I was just north of just north of Jacksonville. Okay. okay. All right. Oh. See, look, look. You can't can lighten up over there. See, you in I LA, know. but you still got that Carolina in you. <laughs> there it is. It can't go nowhere, man. I'm an East Carolina pirate till I die. You know what I mean? So I hear East and Carolina. I'm like, yo, where at? Where at? I gotta know. So uh, Tar Tar Heels, baby. Oh man, that was that was my that was my call sign. Curious not to jump too far ahead, but that was my call sign. All right, on my first deployment, Tar Heels. So. Man, we're gonna get into that here soon. So say that for me, hey fellow Marauders. If you're listening in, you're watching, whatever, we got the Marauder line out there eight one three four six six four nine zero zero. I am still waiting for my first caller to call in. All right, call in, say boo, and hang up. I don't care. <laughs> use this damn hotline. <laughs> this damn show. I don't care how you use it, but that's what it is. 813-466-4900. Hit us up. All right, so we're going to get into it, right? So icebreakers, I got two fellas who first time on the show, so you know how we do. Before we get into proceedings for the evening, we got to break them in right. And uh, so icebreaker question, y'all. Nothing too crazy, nothing too complex. But if you get it wrong, I'm shutting down the show and I'm going to go have a drink and set outside. So y'all got to get these questions. <laughs> you got to get these questions. It's one question. So and I'm going to ask you both. All right. It's going to be the same question for both of you. And I need to know, you know, just honest, honest opinion. And I want to know why. Right. So 
Here we go. I'm going movies. We're talking uh, war movies. What's the mm -hmm. best war movie, in your opinion, out of these four options, right? All right. Saving Private Ryan, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, or Tropic Thunder? Damn. I just threw Tropic Thunder in there because I actually liked it. It's pretty funny, but, you know, I don't really consider it a war movie. <laughs> I mean, technically, there's a war movie within it, happening. right? So, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Dang, I was so like zoned in and like, okay, um, you know, you racking and stacking, and you're like, and then Tropic Thunder. I'm like, well, that's it. Kind of it's a solid movie, like, like, I mean, even as a comedy, it's a good, solid movie, yeah. So, like, if you're saying, like, if I'm just watching one, like, it's Saturday, you know, yep. nobody, Saturday, you like, you know, know where to be, yep, which one, yeah. <sighs> for casual watch, I'm probably gonna say Tropic Thunder, but as far as like the you need a, a war movie. You're trying to get hype. Uh, the most enjoyable of those traditional ones, Platoon. Easy. Platoon? Okay. Yeah. All right. Can you say Platoon? What you got, Lee? I, I don't really think it's too much of a competition, but every it's it's a super subjective question. But uh, Saving Private Ryan is, is I, think, I think there's going to be some nostalgia in it for some of the older cats that grew up on platoon and you know some of the guys that are younger like me are, are used to you know even the guys younger than me might say oh yeah tropic thunder because it's got generationally you've got stars right in each of them um but i think as far as a as far as production quality acting um special effects everything like that i think uh saving private ryan is is by far uh my favorite out of those um that opening scene, man, that and, opening scene in that movie, man, that, that's up there with any opening scene in any movie. Yeah. Any movie. And and it falls back on because I prefer other series like Band of Brothers and the Pacific yeah. and things like that. Oh, um if yeah. you'd if you'd have thrown 1917 in there with uh saving private Ryan, yeah, that's that or Dunkirk. Yeah, that, that would have been a very hard decision. Okay. Um 1917 is unique because of the single shot. Single uh, shot, I know that's wild. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, that's dope. But yeah, the the realism, um, and I'm, I'm a sucker for the the realism. So I got to go with uh, same Private Ryan. Okay, all right. I respect both of them. I mean, Platoon, classic. You know, um, you know, uh, all the all the actors, the, the the stars in there, and then as, as well as Saving Private Ryan. You can't go wrong with Tom Hanks, man. That you know. True. I mean, yeah, show me a bad Tom Hanks movie besides The Terminal. That was pretty bad, but show me a bad Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> give me two seconds. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you got to dig deep for a bad Tom Hanks flick, but he don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for me. I like. I like. I almost put Apocalypse Now in there too. But um, I just watched that the other day. Yeah, yeah. on on Netflix. So. Yep, that's that's wild too. So. Out of this list, I'm gonna go Full Metal Jacket, man. That's a dark flick, mm -hmm. and it gets into some really, really dark stuff. And I think that's probably why I like it so much because it's—I wouldn't say completely relatable, but it's a little bit more believable, in you know, in, in, yeah. in my opinion. You and know? and some of them are more uh, like I would say, Full Metal Jacket is more about. Uh, the experience that those guys have going from basic training and then right. into the field, but it's more of up here than yes. just uh, saving private Ryan is more action oriented. 
there is some character development between the cast, but I feel like Full Metal Jacket to me is more about the characters themselves than the actions that they're taking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And I agree. That's, that's that's well put. So spot on. So all right, we all got different opinions, but hey, all great movies. So shout out to uh, the directors, all that good stuff, and uh, put together you know some of those classic war movies that we all know and love. So. Ethan, you mentioned, uh, you know, basic training and all that stuff. So let's get into our first uh, part of it, right? We talked on this one, back to basic. So on this one, we're going to talk about our basic training experiences. I know everybody's had them good, bad, indifferent, weird, eye-opening, terrifying, whatever. But we've all had them if we've all served. So let's go. I'm going to start with with you, Ethan, since you hit it first. So let's talk about basic training. When did you go into basic training? May 27, 2009. Okay. All right. So I didn't join until a little bit later. I'd gone to college for about three years um, and then realized I just didn't want to keep going to college. I didn't have a set like uh, degree that I wanted to go for. I changed my major three times. Um, So graduated high school and go to college because that's what you do. So I did that. Um, Didn't didn't find it. appealing to me. So I, it took me a a while later on in my life to, to realize it, but I knew I had some military history and, you know, family all the way back to, uh, we've had a family member in every war since the revolutionary war with the exception of world war one. Oh, wow. So I, I didn't realize that my sister did a whole, uh, lineage all the way back to just after the Norman conquest of England back in 1086 was the furthest back that she could trace it. Um, So anyway, had, had military members um, all throughout. Uh, My dad was in the air force and uh, I was talking about joining and he said, just finish college and go in as an officer. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only piece of bad advice I ever got from my dad. (laughs) It was going as an officer, going as an officer because it gets, uh, it gets too, too political for my taste. But, uh, that being beside the point, left for basic training, um, went through MEPS like everybody does, you know, duck walk, the whole shit, bend, bend over and spread it for the dock, all that kind of Ooh. stuff. Um, and I was waiting, I was waiting for a job and I didn't think it was going to, you know, come up very soon. And my recruiter called me up, said, Hey, this guy had to have emergency, uh, appendix surgery. Uh, he's leaving, you know, his job was leaving in two days and you're on it. I said, all right. I said, what, what's the job? And he said, it's open mechanical. And I said, all right, that's, you know, that's fine. That was, that was in the the type of stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to do EOD, but my color vision wasn't good enough. So I got, I got sent. (laughs) You got it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so I leave, get down to basic training. And within like the first three days, I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. You weren't crying at night or nothing, were you? No, just, like, right, just, right, just yeah. on that, just on that first phone call when I talked to my, to my dad, I was like, this is the worst shit ever. So, uh, and, and looking back, it was not that bad. I know. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it went through, uh, in the hottest part of the year in Texas. So May, uh, the end of May, June, and then left in July, right around, right. I think right after 4th of July. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was when we were doing the eight and a half week program. Um, so when you came in, it was six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. 
So it been they, fine. I don't know. I know it wasn't eight. They, <laughs> they transitioned. Yes. Uh, I think the second year I went into recruiting, they transitioned back to like a six and a half, seven week program. So, um, but yeah, that's time frames. Um, graduated in July and then went up to Missouri for tech school and yep. Fort Lawson in the woods. That's that's where we go. That's and right. then I and then October showed up in North Carolina. So, all right, mm. cool. All right, so hey. Sounds, sounds about right, you know, the, the 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 general experience, you know. So, all right, Ken, what you got? I got a few more stories that we can get in, but I'll, right, you know, right, I'll, keep, I'll keep talking, so I got to shut up and let Ken do this. <laughs> man, regular man. So, went to school at East Carolina University. Um, halfway through, I did the ROTC program. And halfway through, um, you go through field training, which is somewhat, somewhat argue a little easy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I would agree. So, like I said before, like a lot of my uncles are either Army or Marines. And, you know, my whole life, like they've been like the kind of dudes I'd be like at Thanksgiving. Hey, how y'all doing? Give me 50. And it's like, yo, I can't get a I can't get a hey. Like, I ain't seen you a month. Can't get a wing. Like, <laughs> half right. Well, half right what? Half right hey. It's like, what, what, are you, what are we talking about here? So, you know, I did that. Half right of the turkey? <laughs> Come on, we're talking thighs and legs here. (laughs) That's me. But, you know, I did that. um, And since I was like, I don't know, middle school, they were telling me like, you know, go in, but like go in the Air Force, be an officer, kind of like Ethan's dad was saying. Um, That's just what you were doing. So I was programmed from a young age. That's that's what I was doing. So uh, in high school, I did JROTC, was battalion commander and did all those types of things. I was on the football team. So highly conditioned. Um, if you check out my page, I'm a runner too. Always been running. So all that to say, I did the JROTC Army in Fayetteville, North Carolina, came to Air Force, and then I'm in their field training. As a teenager in high school, it was way, way harder, right? And I'm, I'm going through, I'm skipping, you know, I'm, I'm making up cadences or whatever. And they were like, this dude, I, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know if we kick him out or if we, uh, I, another store almost got kicked out for after days of training. But um, I ended up staying through and I got distinguished graduate, which is <laughs> how, how the Air Force works, I guess. I, I don't know. But well, you was doing something right. I mean, you know how they play that game, right? Like, you know, they, they get on you just to see if they can break you. And if you can take it, hey, all right, you all right in my book. That's, that's what they do. But my thing is like I grew up with yelling, so like you, you get in your. I'm, why are you yelling? Why are you you're straining your throat? You're not even yelling from your diaphragm. <laughs> not it, it's from here, and then like they'll have like this like fake like southern accent sometimes when they're commanding. I'm like, where do you, where do you get this? You're from Maine. Where the hell did you from? <laughs> all right. Why did why did you say all right? Too much full metal jacket, man. That's what it is. Like you, you know, everybody was trying to mimic Gunny off of damn full metal jacket. Everybody wanted to do that, be that dude so bad. All this, oh, so and so. it's just like calm it down. So like for me, my like field training experience was like kind of like coaching people through like my um my flight and kind of my squadron, like kind of coaching everybody through. Like, hey, it's not that bad. It's not that hard. The dudes who are like yelling at us are like 21. Um, it, it's it's not that bad, man. Yeah. Everybody, deep breaths. 
you know. And if you could wake up and drink water, literally you'd be fine. That's so, it. And yeah. shut up and do what you told. That's it. Walk in a straight line, do what you told and shut up. That's it. That that's that is it for the fellow marauders, young marauders out there. If you think about going to the military, I just gave you the keys, the tools on how to pass basic training. Wake up, shut up, and walk in a line. That's all you gotta do. Everything else, gravy. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Try not to fall asleep. That's hard, but don't fall asleep. Yeah, I caught me church nodding a few times in some breakfast. You know. <laughs> I had to pat my leg. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm taking notes. Taking <laughs> yeah. notes. You know, the head nod. I feel yeah. so yeah. yeah. Break your neck doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I had a question. Um, I, was, I was taking notes and I, I just thought of something, but I'll save it for later. I'm going to let you finish. Like, <laughs> you got to play it off. Be careful was, what you volunteer for. I was yeah. praying. I was praying. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. So. <laughs> Real quick though. So oh, I, I another, another another tip when you're in basic training, if you're if you're going through actual like basic training in San Antonio, doesn't matter if you're religious, not religious, whatever, go to church. Yes. Yes. Get get out and go to church or and they have they have uh cookies and juice. They have well, they have every denomination as yeah. well as like Wiccan and whatever. So mm-hmm. even if you're not religious at all, just go pick one and yeah. and check it out and, and just get out of the uh squadron for a bit and breathe. Yes, yeah. That's the only time, except for patio break, and you only breathe lightly at patio break. You yeah. don't get the food we breathe like at church. You 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 get to exhale at church. You get to <laughs> Man, I've never seen so many people crying in one building than that first time. Because I only went to church once, and I was like, mm. I wonder what happens if I stay back. So I, I, I came in in 98. I know I'm dating myself, so I'm old as hell, right? So <laughs> um, as Lee was saying, man, it was like five, five, six weeks, man. That was like the longest six weeks ever. But like you said, Ken, like you, if you grew up getting yelled at or having some kind of like if you play sports or whatever, it wasn't any worse than that. I've had coaches grab me by the face mask and yell around. I've seen them crack clipboards over players' heads and so on. Yep. Or helmets, helmets, right? So I'm like, well, it ain't worse than my parents. And I know it ain't worse than the coaches. So what's the worst that can happen? So I remember I got there and my, my father, he was still in at the time. And he was PCSing to a Edwards. So we left Cannon. I had everything I owned in a big-ass suitcase. And when I got off that bus, I put that thing on my arm. I was running with it, damn near tripping, about to break my neck, running up the steps. So I get there, and um, I mean, you know, my father being in the military, it's funny. He never guided me in a job to take. Like, even when I went to talk to a recruiter or nothing, never guided me. He let me pick and, you know, didn't say anything. It's just, you know, hey, if you're here, cool. You know, I I got you. You know, I help you if you need it. I never asked him for help, so. I picked my job on purpose, <laughs> you know, as a as a, a ground trans guy, vehicle ops trans guy back in the day. And um, you know, I'm still looking for that recruiter who told me it was gonna be a nine to five easy job. I'm so looking <laughs> to put, put in his ass when I find him. He's out there somewhere. Hopefully, you know, he's listening, maybe not. Know. But um, you know, catch up with that cat. And then uh, yeah, man. So I did that, and my whole thing was I'm just gonna blend in, not say a word, do what I'm told, and that's it. I'm gonna be in and out, right? In and out. So I remember I was standing out there, you know, we're in formation on the patio on the deck out there. And uh, I'm sitting there, man, I'm standing there. And I remember the element leader got fired. And he's like, you come with me. And he got him out. I'm like, oh, shit. 
and I'm standing there, and he comes back and he's like, "You, <laughs> I'm standing <laughs> formation, just staring at him." And he's like, you. And I'm like, yo, I can't walk my face. You. <laughs> you know, getting the report statement. I was a new element leader. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to shit. Like, Marge, I was just following the dude in front of me. I didn't know how to call nothing, bullshit and stuff. So, you, you didn't know. know what anybody looked like except the back of that kid's head. <laughs> right. <laughs> the book or the back of somebody's head. I didn't talk to nobody, so all of a sudden I find myself as fourth element leader, man. I was like, ah, so made it through that. That was all fine and good and stuff like that. I didn't cry. I laughed at the people who did. Mm. Um, you know, it's our crazy. our Sundays consisted of a paper football in the day room. You know, we form up a football and play football that way. Um, just all kinds of nonsense, man. So you know, uh, graduated, didn't get recycled, thank God. Uh, graduated and then went up to Lost in the Woods, Fort Leonard Wood. <laughs> so there you go see so tatiana lockhart uh, a fan and a, a faithful supporter of the show she knows us up so um but yeah so yeah i got to lost in the woods and then went to nellis man and uh spent a, a little bit of time there but i'm gonna tell you i was a big dork coming straight out of like basic training man i was still carrying like my portfolio <laughs> the portfolio wow. Yo, I carried that shit for like three months. Like, I, was afraid, I was afraid to mess up. I didn't, I didn't, I was so like, they were like so in my head. Like, I did not want to mess mm. up. I was at work. Like, I come to work with my portfolio on tomorrow. I'm like a dork. <laughs> and then finally they're like, why are you carrying this thing? I'm like, oh no, I just stopped carrying it. And then the rest is history. <laughs> they're like, let's let's see how long he goes carrying this shit around. <laughs> <laughs> so super dork, man. But other than that, man, I mean, I was like, you know, basically. It wasn't nothing, man. I mean, I was there from, uh, I got there July 16th of 98 and then left in October, September, September, September. Mm -hmm. I, I graduated right around the uh, Labor Day weekend. So when I got to Fort Leonard Wood, I had like a four day weekend, which is super weird because, you know, you're used to getting up every morning to ask Crack of Dawn for PT and nobody was getting up. And I jumped up and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Everybody's still asleep, you know, and all that hey. stuff. So. Yeah, ever since then, though, man, once I figured it out, hold on, what's she talking about? Yeah, see, she said it, you know, it, it's all the same stuff. I think we all kind of go through the same experience in some capacity. You know, you got the same characters that, I don't know if y'all had it, but we had this super short T.I., right? This dude came up to here, so his hat was like me in the forehead, like when he'd come up and talk, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, man, like, <laughs> that dude. And then we had this super tall Hispanic cat, and uh, he looked like, he almost looked like Vin Diesel with hair. Damn. <laughs> Nobody messed with this dude, man, but he was super cool. And, you know, he just told us he's like, you know, um, let's see, what's he talking about? Yo, <laughs> see, I'm the only one, see? <laughs> Shout out to Thank you, Smoke, for bailing me out on this one, man, because I, you know, it was convenient. Like, you know, because remember, when you first came in, you had the process, you had all that paperwork and all that dumb mm. shit. Yeah, I carried that portfolio like a straight dork. And I wasn't the only one because Smoke did too. So thank you, Smoke. I appreciate it. So <laughs> my, my best uh my best story, this is one I'll I'll tell forever. But uh we were in the chow hall, right? And uh we were going through line. So you get your tray, put your silverware on your tray, and you stand there and you just shuffle <laughs> from one side to the other. Well, I stopped and my heels were like that far apart. So Ooh. I hear. I hear click, 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 running up behind me. And uh, it was my 
brother flights TI. He goes, he goes, Lee. And I was like, and he was, I just feel his hot breath on the back of my neck. And he goes, <laughs> I was like, sir, training Lee report store. He goes, are you fucking retarded? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> now what? What, what am what? I going to say? What am I say? No. <laughs> Been there. See, see what happens you there. So, sir. So you you, blood. He's like, oh, shit. What are you fucking? Now? And I heard him laugh. <laughs> and uh, he goes, <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, he's, well, that's why your heels aren't together in my chow line. Get out of my face. <laughs> kept, kept it moving like I've, I've been there you know i've seen i've seen the movies i know you are you retarded yes yes i am <laughs> but that's the thing too like you can make like your mtis laugh like you you kind of break them right if you can like get past yeah. that like get that or like you know whatever yeah. and they're yelling at you and like you make them bust a smile or laugh it's, it's a wrap the whole it's rest of it got um, and one other one, we had a dude like six, eight, six, nine. Dude was real tall, and I had a T. I, I'm a fairly tall guy. I'm six foot tall, and I'm taller than most of the people in my flight. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy was head and shoulders above me, and our TI was shorter than me. And he comes up to yell at this guy. And he goes, "Get down here!" And the guy just crouches down like that, and I'm standing at attention, knees bent at like ninety, like sitting there getting yelled at, and he's like, "Get out of my face!" and he just. Stands right back up, <laughs> walks away. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what you got, Kim? Man, I don't know. It's just so many like just weird stories. But like, long story short, like if you can just like not, just don't let them get in your head because kind of like similar to Ethan's stories. It's always some shit at the child hall. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's always like when you're eating, you got your guard down, and you're like, bro, like uh, n- now. This is what we're doing. So Yo, that food is precious. You can't ask. You can't mess up that food, man. We don't have time. Toast. You can't mess that up. So I have like uh, I'm going through. Um, I got my train shit, and you know you get your cup or whatever, and you're just doing a little shuffle. So I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but I was like, "Yo, this Gatorade about to be hot as shit," and I'm not into that right now. I like a rational fucking human being. I'm gonna put ice in my cup. And get some Gatorade. So it's taking a while because I guess nobody else is fucking using ice in this place. And it's just. <laughs> I spill ice all over the place. I'm going to go fuck. I keep it moving, right? And it's coming up. Good Bridges! I swear to God! No, I was like, what? I'm mad confused. I was like, you can't drink ice? Maybe because I want the ice. My bad. And I'm ready to apologize for that. But they're like, you know what you just done? And I was like, bro, just, just. I have a feeling you're going to tell me. There's <laughs> obviously fucking not, man. Like, I, I hate these games we play. Like, yes. you know, like, you fucking, before you shit yourself, just just tell me. Just tell me <laughs> you out already. Right. Let's get, let's get there. Somebody's going to mess around slip on this ice. <laughs> okay, we grown. We, we are in military training, but you worry about somebody slipping on some ice. Okay. Try Carol, oh, cover it. Oh, I got one better than that. So hey, I'm going to transition this one into trading war stories. All right. So I know this is more geared towards, uh, you know, deployments and stuff like that. So that's where all the real filth of the military 
you find those folks in deployed locations, the special ones out there. So all those convoy warriors out there, those that did some time downrange, y'all know what I'm talking about. The uh, the phantom shitter and, and uh, you know, all those. <laughs> Desert the, jellyfish. Yeah, the, the, the jellyfish folks, the jellyfish hunters, the pineapple monsters, the rock monsters out there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, um, so hey, Ken, you've you been downrange, you've been deployed? Not yet. What? Yeah, looking for no. Hey, I'm telling. I'm telling on Ken right now. Hey. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm looking for the opportunity to go. Um, so I just pinned on uh this past July. Okay. Uh, June uh captain. And they were like, you need to go in the captain band. Mm-hmm. That's probably your best move. And I was like, all right, cool. Because I don't really want to get down there, you know, butter bar. Hey guys, let's let's go on the Let's hey. Hey, uh, I got a good idea. Right. <laughs> Hey, master sergeants, look at <laughs> like I, I wasn't looking to do that. So I yeah, that's a smart play. That's a smart idea. play. <laughs> nah, dog, I wasn't about to play that game. So I was like, we're gonna wait till after this. Yeah, and then you know I can go down there with captain. So captain you got a little bit more juice. You got a little more juice with a captain. A little bit, not a whole they, lot. They a little bit. You got a little little seasoning on you by that. Yeah, point. there you so, go. All right, a little right. adobo or something. You know, I can't go in there pushing up my glasses talking about. <laughs> You know, they don't want to hear that shit. So, hey, you gonna be the you gonna be the morale team, man. They be, hey, <laughs> Captain, they're playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Five again, man. Wait, <laughs> you guys trying to play a game of Gator Ball? Like fucking, sit your ass down, bro. I don't want to hear that shit. So, I remember cadet training like it was yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was literally, <laughs> literally. Oh man! Well, all right then. You know what, man? You hang back. We'll, we'll tell the real war stories, man. You just heckle it and comment in the back, then. You already know my position, man. I got this. All right, all right, all right. Hey, either you know we convoy convoy vets, right? And uh, you know the listeners out there, the viewers. I'm sure a lot of them are out there too. What is your what is your best war story you got to give me? Ah, uh, there's 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 a lot. I mean. It's uh, the unique thing about our job is outside of the uh, Air Force Special Operations career field, we were one of the few that actually went outside the wire. Mm-hmm. So um, be stationed in Kuwait, yep. get tasked for a mission and go up across the border and drive anywhere from, you know, Mosul, just south of the Turkish border, all the way down that main strip through Baghdad and on, you know everywhere in between. Uh, so <clears throat> when I got over there, um, this was 2011. Um, I was there from April to October. And uh, so to preface this, uh, first deployment, so it was two, roughly two years after I've been in, um, initially got tasked and I don't know if you remember this, but I initially got tasked to go to Al Dafra and do base support. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, bet. That's cool. Nothing bad happens in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm down for that. And then, like, two weeks later, they came back and said, oh, psych, you're going to do convoys. Uh-huh. And, and you could just feel the air, like, leave the room. Because when I got there, uh, I joined, I think, the day after uh, Ashton passed away. Mm-hmm. So, um, going through tech school, we heard lots of stories about doing convoys, and so that was kind of that was kind of a little bit of a dread in the back of my mind mm-hmm. um, because you don't really have a lot of control. 
in that situation. You're a big not ass, at all. There, there's not <laughs> slow moving target. There is absolutely no control, no yeah. control in this situation. Yeah. So, um, you know, I felt the air just leave the room when I found that out and I was not excited. Um, but it was the best worst time of my life. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely hard to explain. And, um, normally I don't talk about a lot of it with people that either, uh, aren't in the military, especially, or haven't done convoys. If we're talking specifically within our career field, and it's, it's gotten better over the years talking about it. But, um, the, the camaraderie is just unparalleled, even, even within the military, the military has a very strong sense of camaraderie, um, with other military members. But when you do something like that, where your actual life does depend on the person to your left and your right, mm -hmm. um, the, the bond that you get, even with the, the stinky kid or yeah. whatever, like you have to get to a point where you trust that person. You yeah. may talk shit to them like, hey, Act you have to. Home, but on the road is family. Yeah. And and if you get back and somebody else talks shit to them, then they get the smoke. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, the kid that when you stop off off, you know, after being on the road for 18 hours and you say, hey, leave your boots outside and leave your uniform outside and you can check that shit for scorpions in the morning and then you can come in or you escort them to the showers or whatever and mm -hmm. get your ass in there. Even with those people like you still that that sense of camaraderie is just unparalleled. Um, first time we went out on the road, uh, we do for those that are listening that aren't familiar with it. We do left seat, right seat. So if you're new coming in, you go out with a team that is on the rotation leaving and you sit in the seat, go out on a mission with them, uh, get spun up. And then on the way back, you swap and, uh, you do their job. So you're listening to them, paying attention on the way up, you're driving, and then you swap and do their job on yep. the way back. And they kind of coach you through it. Uh, first, first time out on the road, uh, we cross over the border. We stop at Adder, I think, Kalsu, somewhere. It was, it was one of the, it, it was one of the, the most Southern fobs that we would stop at. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, it was Adder, Taji Talil. Uh, it was Talil. Talil yeah. and Adder. Okay. It's not like the same thing, but okay. It was, used to run the Talil Express back in like the mid 2000s. Yo, they had yeah. the dopest chicken and waffles at Adder. I ain't gonna fuck. That was the best fucking food. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we uh, we pull up there. Everything's going normal. We leave there. We were gonna go to uh, Baghdad, buy up Baghdad International Airport. Uh, so we're leaving there. Maybe an hour or two down the road, boom, you hit. And uh, I was, it didn't hit my truck. It hit one of the gun trucks in front of us, but it was close enough that you could feel that, that concussion. impact. Concussion, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so immediately, I mean, I'm like, what the f is going on? And, uh, you know, start, start freaking out. I mean, as anybody would. I mean, there were a few guys that had been there doing it four or five times by that point. So they were a little more, you know, calm under pressure. But for me, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so we get hit, keep it pushing, you know, get out of the kill zone, keep pushing. And we stopped at Taji, which was the one in between Baghdad and Talil. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> what y'all saw, saw women out there? Shit. <laughs> um, so we stopped there. 
the the gunner had a concussion from the force of the blast because he was up in the turret when it went off. Um, that was his second one in like a month. So we, we parked it. We parked it. They brought a helicopter, flew him back to Kuwait, and we waited about a week for the next team to come up to bring a replacement. Um, then we pushed from there up to Baghdad um, and then turned around and came back. And we we went on uh, quite a few trips um, when it was all said and done. But uh, that was that was the first, like, not a lot of people grow up in an area where um, they experience something that traumatic, traumatic. And because, mm -hmm. I mean, if, for I say average, average isn't the right term, but your average childhood, you know, you're growing up playing with your friends. Um, if you're in a bad neighborhood or something like that, then you might be exposed to, you know, hearing gunshots or stuff like that. But your average person, if you're growing up in, you know, in the neighborhood and aren't exposed to a lot of that, it scares the shit out of you when you, sure. when you first come into some, you know, stuff like that. And you, you don't realize it until it happens that, Somebody is trying to kill me. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, um, that's the wild thing about it. Like, if you take a step back, like, I've, I've been gone for two years now, coming up on three. And I take a step back and I'm thinking, for at least a good 15 years of my life, it's all centered around war or combat. All of it. Yep. Six deployments, you know, within that time frame. Or within 20. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, I don't want to cut you off if you if you want to finish or with anything. but Yeah, go Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pick back up. So, you know, I was, I can say I was on the first 70th crew and the last 424 crew. So I've, mm -hmm. I've had the honor to be, you know, the first and the last. And um, I think, you know, I've, I've done time in, in downtown Kabul at the ISAF camp and in downtown Kabul in Afghanistan in 03. Um, little, you know, the last peacekeeping type mission in, uh, in uh, Saudi Arabia at the end of uh, Desert Storm. And, you know, for my first appointment, but the one that sticks out the most was my first round of convoys. And 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 Tyrone is on here, Smoke. He was there with me. Uh, Franklin Woods, Inchworm. Shout out to Inchworm. Um, you know, Dooley, Lanier, Kenny Smith. That crew, I'm telling you, we were out of Pope. And I just got back from Germany. I got to Pope, and I was deployed within three months. They sent my ass so quick, man, on the first thing smoking. Didn't even have a chance to really get into my house, and I was out. Man, we got there. That was the longest damn deployment I had ever been on my entire life. That shit was like nine months, borderline 10. And we got a long tour out of it. But it's like you get there and it's hot. It starts cooling off. It's cold as shit. Then it starts getting hot again. And then it's like a blazing hot, dude. Like it's like you watch, it's like being there for a year. And um, it was the longest deployment I remember being on. And I did the locals at first. I was like, I ain't trying to go out there and get fucking blown up. You know, damn that. So I did some local missions for like a few months and then I got pulled onto the road rope and did that. And I mean, it, it, it's basically trial by fire, man, like a baptism by fire. Like You get out there and, and you learn and, and, you know, you get out there and, and hanging out with the, with the crew and, and the fellas and stuff like that. And like you said, man, it's the worst, best time in your life. And, you know, we get back to uh, get back to the bases or you know, camp down for the night. We play Madden. We play 2K. You know, we get back to the, the PC. Playing game. poker, you know. Poker, yeah, man. Poker nights and stuff like that. And and you're using you're using lifesavers, you're using surefire batteries, <laughs> whatever you got, <laughs> if you don't have poker chips. You're using anything you got, you're making do. 
Yeah. Man, you you looking for the new King magazine? You looking for the new CDs? <laughs> you looking for the new PSP games at the time? I mean, anything and everything you can get your hands on. You, I don't know how many bootleg movie like series like box sets I bought. I mean, but it was such a good time, man. And mm-hmm. and or bootleg Beats headphones. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was before then, man. We was you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Walkmans. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, something similar. Yeah. Oh uh, no! Well, uh, MP3 player. This is when the first iPod came out, like around that time. So, um, yeah, man, it's just just the the crew and and just hanging out and it, it's different, man. Like it's a bond that you form, you know, within those the, that that small window with BC3 and up until then, until until you go home. And it's weird because when you go home, you're looking, you're so looking forward to going home, but then when you get home and you settle in, you miss those people. You miss yeah. the the interaction and you know you continue to check in on them and stuff like that and, and all that there is a uh there's yes yep there is a uh it was a ted talk that was done by a uh reporter and i, I don't want to mess his name up but i think it's uh sebastian younger with a mm-hmm. j yeah and he made a film that was called uh restrepo and it was yes, about yes 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 yes, yes it's yep. about a uh fob or cop, they call it combat outpost in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he made that uh, TED talk after he made the film. And if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch Restrepo because it it hits on that almost almost perfectly, all the exact same shit we're talking about. But he made a TED talk called uh, Why Soldiers Miss War. Mm-hmm. And it hits the nail on the head. There's a lot of people that are like me that, have these feelings that they can't exactly put into words. And he does a great job kind of explaining that because when you're out there and that first bomb goes off yeah, or, or you're at a fob and that mortar hits, mortar hits and yeah. it was, I was sitting in a chow hall and it hit close enough. It rattled the, the stuff on my tray. Um, the sirens were going at this point. I was so damn tired. I was like, if it hits me, it hits me, but I'm yeah, eating, I, the point, which is crazy where yeah. you just don't care. Yeah. Um, but he talks about, you know, the adrenaline high that you that you have when that shit does happen. And then yeah. you come back and they they talk about, um, you know, issues that veterans have adjusting when they get back. And part of it is finding that because that is a super meaningful and like it it uh, the relationships that you have out there is just super meaningful. Um, and it's hard to find that. It's hard to find that replacement feeling. So people do dangerous stuff like they go out and get a motorcycle and drive down the highway at 150 miles an hour or whatever the case may be um so you know you're you get used to having that adrenaline you get used to having that uh that relationship of of you know just living i mean you thought you saw a lot of like naked dudes in basic training until somebody until somebody gets Bored and just streaks down the down the middle of the you know the PCB, PCB. Right? yeah <laughs> oh man yo yeah, I'm saying the, the the wildest thing I've seen right and and, and, and to your point man it's a hundred percent um I'm, I'm gonna get to that part too the wildest thing I remember seeing I believe we were up in I think we were up in we were somewhere up north and uh, we had to stay in this abandoned church and if anybody out there knows this place hit hit it up on the comments. It was an abandoned or a converted church that they kind of used as billeting. And outside of it, you go out there and they were doing construction that fucker the whole time. You're sitting there trying to get crew rest. They banging on shit, hammering and stuff, like broad daylight, right? So I'm like, all right, man. Because you're always driving at night. Exactly. 
So I go to the bathroom. And, uh, I go to the bathroom. I'm like, all right, man. So go, you know, get ready to do number two. I'm sitting in there. And I pull the curtain. The fucking curtain is clear. And then the, the sink is right on the other side of the curtain. So the dude is up there brushing his teeth, looking in the mirror, looking back at me. And I'm just staring at him. <laughs> Making eye contact. <laughs> Yo, the dude's just staring at me and brushing his teeth. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing here, man? Like, what is my life come to where this is what's happening right now? But I Ethan, I'm gonna tell you, man, it was a earlier this year, I was outside like walking my dog, right? And I'm like, in the, in that same feeling, that that sense of pride, like, mm. you know, man, we did some serious shit, right? Like we actually were in war. And I'm walking my dog and I live in a fucking suburbs man of tampa and it's nice don't get me wrong it's nice you know my wife and i we worked hard we earned this right but i'm saying i'm like what the fuck am i doing i'm watching walking a frenchy bulldog <laughs> you know i'm like i used to be somebody man like i used to be a I used to be a badass man. <laughs> now I'm walking look at me frenchy, man in the suburbs like what happened to me man so i i get it man i in 100 percent. but you know right. if you're one of the, the few the ones that are fortunate enough to make it man like you kind of got to Hold on to it, but you kind of got to move forward. And 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 sometimes it, sometimes it's hard to move on to that man. Like just yeah, I, I haven't been out to base. I I rarely ever go out to base out here at McDill ever ever. Is it purposeful? Like you avoiding base, or is it just like I don't know? Yeah. Well, for one, it's like forty minutes away, but True. it's just I I just it's I don't know, man. It, it's, it's weird. weird. You can't yeah, you can't really explain it. Yeah, but yeah, and, like I, but I when I'm there, I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool, you know. But I I don't miss it. In that capacity, I just miss mm. the people. That's what I yeah. miss. Miss the people. Yeah. And there's um. So there's another point to that is uh, I think it was on the two T one page on Facebook um that somebody had brought up a, a talking point. They were talking about uh, do you notice it or do you feel this way or have you seen uh people being treated differently that never did convoys versus mm. the group of people that did do convoys. And I, I only went once, so I'm not. Well, you still went. You still. Yeah, but and I, so, but I'm. You know, I don't have the same amount of experience. That, you know, if you went six times, like that's. Well, I did three convoy rounds, but okay. six deployments total. Yeah. Total. Okay, but even you know, even three three rounds of uh, convoys. But um, so I, I fall into this this kind of mental trap sometimes. It's like you know, uh, I don't have. I didn't have it as bad as some other people. You know, um. But I don't, the, the question about, you know, do you look at or treat the new guys coming in that never did convoys differently than uh, the guys that did? And I mean, there are guys that are my peers that never went. Um, and I, I look at it like, I'm trying to think the, the right way to explain it. I wish they had because it gives you a different appreciation for the job and the military and life, <laughs> life in but, general. but I'm, I'm so thankful that a lot of these guys never had to experience that shit. Yeah. Um, because it is terrifying at times when you think like, this is it. This yeah, is when rolling, my parents get that check rolling, for $400,000 and rolling fireball, man, basically, yeah. you know, and just to find out, yeah, man, in my truck, I got a shit ton of toilet paper to take to the next base. <laughs> you know, and hey, no yeah. shit. And I'm telling you, no shit. Like, for real. Like, it'll be stuff like that, like supplies, like shit like that is where we're carrying it. Mm -hmm. You know, Any, like, anything. You could be carrying, you know, fuel trucks. Mm -hmm. You could be carrying 
toilet paper mail. Well, whatever. It could be trucks heading up north or something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're supplying the the other bases and fobs and stuff. But so yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of guys like I wish they had that experience and had that appreciation. Um, but I am glad that they didn't because uh, and I know we're going to get into this later. But there's a lot of shit that you bring home with you, and it's not souvenirs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it affects relationships, friendships, um, all kinds of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of shit that you will bring home that is not souvenirs and knickknacks for your friends. Yeah. Um, so and and that goes the same also with my experience of being out of the career field and doing recruiting. It's like when I came back to the career field, I was so happy because I was back around my family, my, you know, my brothers and sisters, and bus drivers, you know, whatever you want to call us. Um, and so those different experiences, I think, are what give me a a greater appreciation there's a lot of people that have been at one base and they're like oh man this sucks it's like well you know you i wish you had the the different perspective because you would love this job as much as i do yeah it's, it's never the same yeah and you can go to a different base the mission is different so yeah. ken for you you know you said you know your time's coming you know when did you come in you never even said that i was waiting here when did you come in man okay so you said you went to training in. Well, he just pinned on captain, so uh, he ain't been yeah. in for. He been in less than ten years, right? Five. You know, uh, crazy thing about that is, um, yeah, man, like like a, a smooth, like about five ish. Yeah, that's what I said about five. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, just just Come a guesstimate, just a guesstimate. No, hey, hey, five <laughs> years is five years. So right, right here. Five years of five years. Yeah, you know, hey, and you, you know what? You'll make up for those other five real quick as soon as you get that range. So oh, it's coming. You know, we, we just busting, we busting chops, man. That's all. But we we know your time is coming, and you're gonna do good things out there. It's just got to get you in the game. That's all. Looking forward to it, man. I just yeah. know that like with it comes a lot. Um, being there and coming back, like you said, Ethan. Um, so I'm a biologist, right? Um, not so much in my Capacity in my day to day, back and right paddock. I worked at uh, AFRL um, under acquisitions. I'm doing more like satellite ops now. Ask me how that works, but whatever. Um, but <laughs> I always keep that like bio frame of mind with a lot of things. So when you talk about like um, going downrange and being like, you know, I miss it and like I miss the folks around and like a lot of crazy shit was happening, but it's like, damn, like it's kind of like, who am I now? Like all these things are different. And yes. What happens a lot of times is like we have these neurotransmitters in our mind or in our body that, you know, turn on stuff, turn off stuff. And ultimately what it comes down to is like you get this like almost euphoric cocktail of different neurotransmitters that come in and you get it's like a very it's a very physical reaction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's no other way to get that shit. Like there's no other way that you're like able to get that same like group of ingredients and, yeah. and you know skydiving is it the same it's you know, not no, no, no. I ain't doing that shit I ain't skydiving the one thing I would do in Fayetteville they are where it's near Fayetteville they have that indoor skydiving place yeah I, I would do that but I'm not okay. jumping out of a plane nah, nah. I've done that that's not bad what man yeah, can't do perfectly good four times yeah Man, you can just go down the Merc, man. Just walk the Merc. Bro. Gonna live walk. Yeah, don't drive it. Walk it. It's been a thing, too. I in the middle of the night. Actually, when I go some, home. Nah. With some nice yeah. shoes on. 
yeah, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a flashy watch. Make it a real challenge. I wouldn't yeah. have it. I, wouldn't. <laughs> I don't have the time. So I got a question for y'all. So veteran status, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. back at the height of the war, you know, before we, we, we got war fatigue, you know, I remember 9-11, man, I was a senior airman. And uh, when that kicked off and, you know, you walk into a store with, with uniform on or something like that, man, you, you got the, oh, thank you, you know. Do you think that's changed, you know, within the past 20 years we've been in conflict and, you know, just kind of wrapping up this Af- Afghanistan thing? Yeah. Um, do you think the the status of a veteran has changed? Do you think it's more the, the public controls the perception of what a veteran is or do we still have control as military members of what a veteran is? I think it depends on where you are in a lot mm-hmm. of places. Yeah. Because uh, in Ohio, for example, people, I, I'd come like right off a of base, you know, go to Walmart and my little groceries and people, they couldn't like, you know, I'm dead ass down the aisle. Like, I'm trying to pick up my frozen shit. And they're like, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you don't get the fuck out of my face. I'm trying to get this next ring. Now, like, you talking about some don't go down to Merc with a flashy watch on. I wouldn't go down uh, Rodeo with a uniform on. Like, no, I'm not yeah, wearing yeah. No like it. Out there. Yeah. Not, not on the hipster side. Not on the the crippling side, not on none of these sides. It's, it's just not appropriate, you know. So as far as veteran status, I think there are certain parts of the United States that are always going to love our vets and always going to yeah. love, like you know, respect what we do. Whether they love the war, hate the war, whatever, the veteran status, they're you know they're here for it. Yeah. Other places, they just see us, they see the government, and they're like, oh, the government, you know, down with you know either whatever political figurehead or whatever policies that just dropped. They, they see you as, as, a, as, a, as the man. Yeah. They yeah. see you as the man. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, I think geographically, it does play a big difference. I mean, if you're on the east side of the Rockies yeah, and the west side of the Appalachians, like that is everybody loves you for the most mm-hmm. part. There's certain places, certain cities um, that are a little more. Uh, anti <laughs> not not so much anti, but just maybe just not feeling the military presence as much anymore. Anti- yeah, yeah. And and they associate the things that happen with the military in a broader scale with mm-hmm. you specifically if they don't have a lot of experience. Because some places like out in California or like New York or something like that, you have such large populations that maybe there aren't as many people that they grew up with from their hometown that joined. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't have as many family members or something like that. Because, I mean, if you grew up in the military or around military members, you knew, you know, you're used to them moving and being away or being there. And it, especially if you're a military brat and you got moved around a lot, um, you're not one of those people that's been in that same small town their whole life. Right. And if you're not near a base, you don't have that much. Exp- I didn't have hardly any exposure to people in the military until I joined because there wasn't a base right near. Uh, where I grew up. Smaller towns, and especially in the Southeast and the Bible Belt, I have not had anybody say anything negative to me while being in uniform. Yeah. Um, and I think that that perception is a little bit different because just like America as a whole is probably getting that like war fatigue, like you're talking about, that they've seen it on the news for the past 20 years. And uh, you, 
initially after after a big event like 9-11 everybody comes together and it didn't matter if you were black white brown whatever everybody came together as a whole and over time it's wearing thin it's not to the point that the in the same respect that, you know, like with Vietnam veterans returning home and getting, you know, spit on and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which I, I, I didn't live through it. So it's hard to imagine yeah. that, you know, I, for most of my adult life, the United States has been at war and you it's it's hard to imagine that because of the the patriotism that I've seen as a whole. Right. Um, USO putting on tours and and you know like the wwe going out there and doing shows and like all these other organizations that um kind of like back in uh world war ii with bob hope going out there and and doing shows and like perform for the troops and things like that it it fluctuates in with the political climate obviously Mm -hmm. um i still feel like it's a very strong um relationship with the public and the military as a whole i think the military post-Vietnam and pre-Vietnam had a very strong relationship and image with, uh, with the public. Um, but I think it's wearing off. It's not nearly as strong as it was in the early 2000s to mid 2000s and things like that. So I, I haven't uh, heard of a USO having like a, a big name star come out in a while. Yeah. Um, Cause when I was when in 11, when I was over there, um, the rotation before me, uh, Paramore went out there and performed. When I was out there, Toby Keith went out there and performed, all with the USO. Um, and I, I know they would have stars, like I had Five Finger Death Punch went out. Um, they would have celebrities and, and things like that that would go out and just go visit these bases yeah, to yeah, and see. Perform and do PT with, with the right. troops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you don't see that anymore. Well, with um, that, you think that like part of today's cancel culture, right? You get canceled for breathing now essentially right fuck um, that <laughs> do you think that like on the celebrity end they don't want to be too close to the military some folks just saying like hey oh you're a you know uh insert whoever president supporter because you're going out there and you're performing for the troops and i think for whatever reason everybody's so tied to you know capitalism and their own like financial gain which you know i get making money i'm with you um, but I think so, some folks are so like, I don't want to miss a show or I don't want to miss an opportunity because now I'm, it, it may give the wrong impression that now my affiliation is too blank because I'm doing things for the troops. I think to an extent that may play some into it. I think, uh, I think you are correct. Uh, and it's unfortunate, um, okay. ask at, because not a lot of people have the same, um, balls in 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 a sense to put it this the way uh, you saw how Dave Chappelle reacted. Yeah. Oh, no. He said, "No, I'm not. I'm not." A lot of people are too quick to to bow mm-hmm. to perception, pressure. pressure, and yeah, perception to perception. And and Dave Chappelle said, "No, I'm not. I, you're not controlling." how I do what I want to do. I'm going to say what I want to say. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But you also understand that he's a comedian. Some mm-hmm. people don't understand that. Some people are like, oh, everything he says must be exactly how he feels. Same thing with musicians. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think some of it is people 
are scared of what a reaction is going to be. Um, Cause yeah, you do not, there are certain ones that, that still do. And I, I feel like a lot of it is um, some of the rock and roll culture and country music culture has, has always been pretty strongly patriotic, but um, you don't see a lot of those like musicians going out and performing at bases or going out on USO tours or anything like that. Actors, you don't see um, anybody doing that. Maybe some sports figures here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is just, it, it goes along with society. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't agree with it. I mean, I don't, if I'm with you, look, we can, we can agree to disagree and keep it moving and still be friends. There's plenty of people that I'm friends with that we do not see eye to eye mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff. And that's mm-hmm. just the fact of the matter. And we can talk about everything else under the sun and have a good time. And we just understand each other that we can leave X, Y, and Z out of the equation. Or if we do want to talk about something, it's in a respectful manner where you can sit down and have a conversation and say, Oh, well, I don't believe this. And here's why. And, and then you've gotten into like this weird groove of like, if you say something I don't agree with, for, screw you and and I'm done. And yeah, yeah, it's like not instead of, that, like, of support, there's right and wrong on subjective issues. And we're all people, we all have matters of opinion. Yeah. Like, there's no again, dude, science brain. Like, I can't for the life of me understand why we're like, this is right and that's wrong for like things where it's like. These are really complex issues going on right now. Like, never has there been a time when we've had so many different, like, social things come into play, and they all begin to kind of, like, converge. So it's like, hey, like, you're going to have slightly different colored or different flavored uh, opinions. And that's okay, man. And to be so, like, on the side of I have to be so either PC or I have to be so on point with um, how people who are, I don't know, maybe more hipster in thinking or however you want to phrase it, um... And, and that, like, the most extreme of that, the most inclusive, the most whatever is the most correct. Everybody doesn't feel that way. And it's like, yeah. and you can pick and choose what you do and don't believe. And so long as you're not hurting anybody, so long as you're not rude or disrespectful to anybody, yeah. so long as you're not taking away opportunities from folks, then it's fine to believe whatever you believe. And and people let their emotions get the best of them because they say something that you don't like and all of a sudden you get mad or or whatever. And, and then you let that emotion overtake your, your ability to be rational and I, sit down and just have a conversation. I just yeah. think that we as a society are just overworked and stressed. I think that's what it is. I think we're, we're to the point now where we're so overburdened and, and we're receiving so much information all the time. We can't turn it off. We can't separate, we can't separate work from from play and, and leisure and, and you know a normal conversation versus a a, a, a little bit more in depth conversation, everything is a trigger now. Everything, like, yeah. And, and, and you know, except for you know a few people here and there who can tell the difference. But for the most part, I know for me, you know, I try not to get too worked up over a lot of things. I try to keep everything at eye level for the most part and take it at face value. But there are some triggers, you know, where now it's like, you know what? I don't even want to talk to this person. I don't even want to deal with this person. Right. That's what yeah. with it versus arguing. Within a few minutes and of conversation, you can tell if they're yeah, going to be know, right? that and person that they can't be an adult. Yeah. And, and it's and so full circle. That's perspective from what y'all said earlier. Yes. It's, you guys have been deployed. You guys have seen real shit. You guys have had, you guys have been on convoys. You know, your life has been in danger. You've been in very arduous situations for a prolonged amount of times. And honestly, 
I think when you don't have enough of a struggle, sometimes we, our brains tend to want to find one. Mm-hmm. And really? not to say there aren't real issues out there. Not to say that there aren't things that really do right. go on and things that really needs to draw our attention as the public. And we all need to uh, kind of pour our, uh, our time and effort into. But at the same time, it's like, if your life literally isn't in danger, I don't know why for some issues you're, like you've been saying, like you're just, your switch is on and you're up in arms and you're bowed up and you're ready to go. And it's like, we're just having a conversation, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it, so disagree, but we can get there rationally or and you can even bring your feelings to the party. It's cool, but like in there, like check yourself. We're all humans, we're all doing our thing. Yeah. And we all see life a little bit different. And some of that goes into um, the the ease of information flow because of the internet. So mm-hmm. a few a few things with that is you can talk to anywhere, anybody anywhere in the world within the matter of seconds. So right now, Virginia, what you said, LA and Florida, and we can all sit here and have a conversation where normally it'd be, you know, put a stamp on a letter and send it in the mail. Or a phone call or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so people get caught up with an image that they have to maintain to look like their life is perfect on social media. And people have gotten too used to saying wild shit and not getting punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, one more time for the people who didn't hear it. One more time. <laughs> people have gotten too used to saying wild shit online and not getting punched in the mouth. Now, let me put a pause on that for the people who are around Pope and Fort Bragg. You know, good and damn well, you can't go around. I'm going back home for Christmas, all right? And I'm already censoring myself a little bit more just to get in preparation, all right? Back home, you. I'm, I'm gonna stop there. But right. there's so many people who haven't ever been physically harmed, ain't scraped the knee out here. But you just feel like you can just say whatever you want to say, you just go at it, and it's just like, mm, you know, everybody. Consequences. Ah, yeah. Maybe not in the mouth. Maybe maybe tripped. <laughs> Push, rough, rough it up a little bit, you know. Tussle, have a tussle a little bit, but you know. Yeah. But hey. I, I got to wrap it up. We well over an hour. I know I said 45 minutes, but look, you see how fast the time goes when we, we start rapping and, and getting into hey. it. <laughs> so, but hey, look, I appreciate y'all coming on, man. We probably could have went a whole nother hour on, on this. And just Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's next year's Veterans Day show. So, but no, hey, Ethan and, and Ken, I appreciate y'all coming on, man, and, and, and chopping it up and just giving the folks out there, the Marauders, insight on what's going on. Tatiana, Appreciate you as always, you know, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, she's she's a big supporter, like I said, or I've had her and her mother on, and, you know, she supports the show. So appreciate you, Tatiana. Um, so, hey, uh, before we let y'all get out of here, man, uh, you know, Ken, where you at out in the world, man, what, to let the folks, let the Marauders know what you're doing out there. Oh, man, find me on IG, Kenfluence. That's K-E-N underscore F-L-U dot E-N-C-E. Find me on YouTube or TikTok or, you know, wherever social media things are done. I'm on there. Find me on Spotify. I got a podcast. I also do a podcast on multiple other platforms. So come check me out. Also run coach. So if you need uh, help running and you need to get your uh, quarantine body to a 
different shape than it's in currently, hell, this is time to do it. All right. So I, I, I charge about an hour and um, I'll get you there personally, uh, whether it be through Zoom. If it's in the local LA area, I'll come out to you and I'll help uh, work on that. Also sell run training guides too. So that goes from running anything from a 5K up to a full marathon and everything in between, as well as nutrition plans, equipment, and um, other things that you need to supplement that. So again, Kim Fluence. And hey, bro, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, and uh, hey, Ken has a lot of dope stuff on there, a lot of positive uh, you know, messaging and stuff out there. So definitely, definitely check him out at Ken underscore flu dot ins on there and check out the Ken Fluence method out there and the stuff he's doing out there in LA. Uh, thank you, Ken. And then uh, Ethan, a Sergeant Lee, man. Yo, I haven't talked to you in a minute, dude. It's been good to see you, man. And I'm, I'm glad too, you're doing man. well. I'm glad you're getting old and, and fat like the rest of us now. It's good <laughs> to see you. when you were young and skinny and uh, you bought that uh, you bought that uh, Corolla, the, the Goblin off me, the Green Goblin before I left Fayetteville. <laughs> hey, I flipped it. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ken, you got to follow it. You just, I just started following you, man. So you, there you go. Man, thanks, Ayan. So, so for, for social media, I, I just use it for finding memes and sharing them with my friends. So I don't have, you know, the whole IG, TikTok, all that stuff going on. I mean, I've got them, but again, it's just finding memes. But like you were talking about some of the veterans organizations, um, I'm a life member of the VFW. So mm -hmm. whatever, whatever your flavor is, USO, uh, supporting the VA, uh, anything like that. Um, and this is this is one thing that especially and this is something dear and close to me is with the VFW Veterans of Foreign Wars. Um, get out there and join those organizations, especially for some of the, the guys our age, uh, which I know that's a broad range, but some of the guys our age or younger, some of the newer uh, veterans that are out there. Be a part of those organizations. That is the lifeblood of uh going to Congress and fighting for your veterans benefits. Mm -hmm. There's, there's plenty of organizations out there, pick whichever one you feel uh, best represents you. But to me, the VFW is, is uh, where I kind of, you know, hang my hat and, and hold it, you know, close to my heart and you can still be in while you're active duty, if that's a, you know, a concern, but American Legion is another one, but go out there and be active in those organizations when you can, um, because, the the money from dues and memberships and things like that uh they do uh fundraisers they do you know like turkeys around thanksgiving or whatever but they give a lot of that money back to veterans and to uh going to congress and uh fighting the fight for you so uh whether it's increases to gi bill uh retirement pension increases to match inflation uh gi bill benefits all of those things, super important. So uh, like the organizations that you mentioned earlier, uh, get get out there and, and be a part of them and, and check it out. You never know. You may make some really good friends. Uh, a best friend of mine, I performed his wedding ceremony, got ordained online to perform his wedding ceremony, met him at a VFW. Hey. So, <laughs> so you will meet great people out there. And unlike just some regular bar downtown, you know the type of asshole you're going to run into there. And and it's great people all around. All right. So appreciate it, man. Dropping some knowledge on us on the way out. Yeah, definitely go out there and support those uh, veteran organizations. Like I said, uh, VA.gov, BFW, all those organizations, man. They out there doing the, the work for us. They're still fighting for us. So appreciate y'all fellas for coming on. 
Um, final thoughts and shout outs for me, man. I want to thank, you know, my guests, you know, Ken and, and Ethan for coming on and Tatiana for chiming in. And uh, yo, she's still hitting me up. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. Shout out to her deployed husband, Casey Lockhart. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses out there. So I know he just left not too long ago. <laughs> He's holding it down at home with the fam. So, you know, uh, keep keep on trucking, Tatiana. It'll, it'll, it'll be over before you know it. It'll be back home before you know it. So hang tough. And um, so, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I, I yeah, shout out to, uh, you know, like I said, you guys, thank you, Tatiana, for listening. The listeners uh, chiming in and, and commenting, um, you know, my wife, my, my family, my kids. Um, you know, all the folks that support the show, um, you know, the, the police officers out there, my brothers and sisters in arms out there still doing the thing, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, teachers, uh, garbage man, the folks out there doing the, the grimy work, the unsung heroes of the world that do what they do so we can do what we do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank plumbers. You. That's right. The plumbers. Yes. Yes. The plumbers. Well, the, Don't yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. He saved me. He came in and saved me the other day. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you. The to a plumber. That was the name of the company. I guess. So. Uh, anything you guys want us to maraud on, you know, I know the Veterans Day was just, uh, you know, something that I wanted to do anyway, but we're always open for suggestions and there's a number of ways to get those suggestions to us. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore culture underscore marauders. Like us on Facebook at the culture marauders. Email us at the culture marauders at gmail.com and then check out the website, man. We got a, we got some updates coming and, um, you know, some things out there at uh, www.theculturemarauders.com. And um, also, we got the Marauder merch, man. We just dropped uh, some new stuff um, for Veterans Day. We got the Veterans Day uh, lineup out there for the Rep Your Culture line, as well as the Native American stuff, the Hispanic heritage stuff out there, breast cancer awareness, and the regular old Marauder flag, you know, tried and true out there. So um, let's see. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. What up, Mom? Tell her I said what's up. And <laughs> thanks for the support. And um, so, uh, but yeah, so, and then check out uh, the New Vision streaming uh, channel. Um, you know, we got our show on there now. It's uh, streaming on Thursdays if I get the show in on Wednesday. If not, it'll be on Friday if I get it on Thursday. But it's going to be on there all the same. So check it out. You'll see this show and, uh, and all the goodness that it is. Check out uh, Ken and Ethan and, and, and uh, Tatiana's comments as we chop it up and talk all things about life. So, again, thank you to my guests, you know, Ken Bridges and uh, Ethan Lee. And we are out. One culture, one blood, one love. Cheers.